So this is 2020 in the Harry Potter book. I'm reading from the chapter 15, The Forbidden Forest. I'm uh, usually skipping parts for just uh, just to continue on the climax where it all happens. So the, the following morning notes were delivered to Harry, Hermione and Neville at the breakfast table. They were all the same. Your detention will take place at 11 o'clock tonight. Meet Mr. Filch in the entrance hall. Professor M. McGonagall. Harry had forgotten they still had detentions to do in the furrow over the points they'd lost. He half expected Hermione to complain that it was a whole night of revision lost, but she didn't say a word. Like Harry, she felt they deserved what they got. At 11 o'clock, the night they said goodbye to Ron in the common room went down to the entrance hall with Neville. Filch was already there, and so was Malfoy. Harry had also forgotten that Malfoy had got a detention too. Follow me, said Filch, lighting a lamp and leading them outside. I bet you'll think twice about breaking a school rule again, won't you, eh? He continued, leering at them. Oh yes, hard work and pain are the best teachers, if you ask me. It's just a pity they let the old punishments die out. Hang you by your wrists from the ceiling for a few days. I've got the chains still in my office. Keep them well oiled in case they ever need it. Right off. Right, off we go. And don't think of running out of now. It'll be worse for you if you do. They marched off across the dark grounds. Neville kept sniffing. Harry wondered what their punishment was going to be. It must be something really horrible or Filch wouldn't be sounding so delighted. The moon was bright, but clouds scudding across it kept throwing them into darkness. Ahead, Harry could see the lighted windows of Hagrid's hut. They heard a distant shout. Is that you, Filch? Hurry up! I want to tear get started. Harry's heart heart rose. If they were going to be working with Hagrid, it wouldn't be so bad. His relief must have showed in his face, because Filch said, I suppose you think you'll be enjoying yourself with that oaf. Well, think again, boy. It's into the forest you're going, and I'm much mistaken if you all come out in one piece. At this, Neville let out a little moan, and Malfoy stopped dead in his tracks. The forest? He repeated, and he didn't sound quite as cool as usual. We can't go in, the, in there at night. There's all sorts of things in there. Uh, werewolves, I heard. Neville clutched the sleeve of Harry's robe and made a choking noise. That's your lookout, isn't it? said Filch, his voice cracking with glee. Should have thought of the werewolves before you got in trouble, shouldn't you? Hagrid came striding towards them out of the dark, fang at his heel. He was carrying his large crossbow, a quiver of arrows hung over his shoulder. About time, he said. I've been waiting for half an hour already. All right, Harry, Hermione. I shouldn't be too friendly to them, Hagrid, said Filch, coldly. They're here to punish, after all. That's why you're late, is it? said Hagrid, frowning at Filch. Been lecturing been lecturing them, eh? 
It's not your place there to do it. They've done their real bit. I'll, I'll take over from here. I'll be back at dawn, said Filch, for what's left of them, he added nastily, and he turned and started back towards the castle, his lamp bobbing away in the darkness. Malfoy now turned to Hagrid. I'm not going in the forest, he said, and Harry was pleased to hear that note of a panic in his voice. You're, or if you want to stay at Hogwarts, said Hagrid fiercely. You've done wrong and now you've got to pay for it. But this is servant stuff. It's not for students to do. I thought I'd be writing lines or something. If my father knew I was doing this, he'd, he'd tell you that's how it's Hogwarts is. Hagrid ground. Writing lines. What goods that there are anyone. You'll do somewhat useful for you to get out. If you think your father rather you were expelled than get back off the castle on pack, go on. Malfoy didn't move. He looked at Hagrid furiously about, then dropped his gaze. Right then, said Hagrid. Now, listen carefully, cause it's dangerous what we're gonna do tonight, and I don't know, I don't want no one taking risk. Follow me over here a moment. He led them to the very edge of the forest. Holding his lamp up high, he pointed down a narrow, winding earth track that disappeared into the thick black trees. A light breeze lifted their hair as they looked into the forest. Look here, said Hagrid. See that stuff shining on the ground, silvery stuff? That's unicorn blood. There's a unicorn in there been hurt badly by someone. This is the second time in a week I found one dead last Wednesday. We're gonna try and find the poor thing. We might have there put it out of its misery. And what if whatever hurt the unicorn finds... For us first, said Malfoy, unable to keep the fear out of his voice. There's nothing that lives in the forest that'll hurt you if you're with me or Fang, said Hagrid. And keeping the path to the path, right? Now we're gonna split into two parties and follow the trail in different directions. There's blood all over the place. It must have been staggering around since last night at least. I want Fang, said Malfoy quickly looking at Fang's long teeth. All right, but I warn you, he's a coward, said Hagrid. So, so me, Harry and Hermione, I'll go one way, and Draco, Neville, and Fang go to the other. Now, if any of us finds the unicorn, we'll send up green sparks, right? Get your wands out and practice now. That's it. And if anyone gets in trouble, Send up red sparks and we'll come and find you. So be careful. Let's go. The forest was black and silent. A little way into they reached a fork in the earth path and Harry, Hermione and Hagrid took the left path while Malfoy, Neville and Fang took the right. They walked in silence, their eyes on the ground. Every now and then a ray of moonlight through the branches above lit up lit a spot of silver blood on the fallen leaves. Harry saw that Hagrid looked very worried. Could a werewolf be killing the unicorns? Harry asked. Not fast enough, said Hagrid. It's not easy to catch a unicorn. They're powerful magic creatures. I've never knew one that be hurt before. They walked past a mossy tree stump. Harry could hear running water. There must be a stream somewhere close by. 
there were still spots of unicorn blood here and there along the winding path. You are right, Hermione, Agrid whispered. Don't worry, it can't go on far if that's badly hurt and they'll be able to get... Get behind that tree! Hagrid seized Harry and Hermione and hosted them off the path behind the towering oak. He pulled out an arrow and fitted into the into his scarrow, raising it, ready to fire. The three of them listened. Something was slithering over dead leaves nearby. It sounded like a cloak trailing along the ground. Hagrid was squinting up the dark path, but after a few seconds the sound faded away. I knew it, he mumbled. There's somewhat in there should, shouldn't be. A werewolf, Harry suggested. That wasn't no werewolf and wasn't no unicorn neither, said Hagrid grimly. Right, follow me, but careful now. They walked more slowly, ears straining from the faintest sound. Suddenly, a clearing ahead, something definitely moved. Who's there? Harry called. Hagrid called. Show yourself, I'm armed. And into the clearing came, was it a man or a horse? To the waist a man with red hair and beard, but below it was a horse gleaming chestnut body with a long reddish tail. Harry and Hermione's jaws dropped. Oh, it's you, Ronan, said Hagrid in relief. How are you? He walked toward and shook the centaur's hand. Good evening to you, Hagrid, said Ronan. He had a deep, sorrowful voice. Where are you going to shoot me? Can't be too careful, Ronan, said Hagrid, patting his crossbow. There's somewhat bad, somewhat bad loose in this forest. This is Harry Potter and Hermione Granger, by the way, students up at the school. And this is Ronan, you too. He's a centaur. Wit noticed, said Hermione faintly. Good evening, said Ronan. Students, are you? And do you learn much up at the school? Er... Uh, a bit, said Hermione timidly. A bit? Well, that's something, Ronan cited. He flung back his head and stared at the sky. Mars is bright tonight. Yeah, said Hagrid, glancing up too. Listen, I'm glad we've run into you, Ronan, cause there's a unicorn been hurt. You've seen anything? Ronan didn't answer immediately. He stared unblinkingly upward, upwards, then sighed again. Always the innocent are the first victims, he said. So it has been for ages past, so it is now. Yes, said Hagrid. But have you seen anything, Ronan? Anything unusual? Mars is bright tonight, Ronan repeated while Hagrid watched him impatiently. Unusually bright. Yeah, but I was meaning anything unusual a bit nearer home, said Hagrid. So you haven't noticed anything strange? Yet again, Ronan took a while to answer. At last, he said, The forest hides many secrets. A movement in the trees behind Ronan made Hagrid raise his bow again, but it was only a second centaur, black-haired and bodied and wilder-looking than Ronan. Hello, Bane, said Hagrid. All right. Good evening, Hagrid. I hope you're well. Well enough. Look, I've just, I've just been asking Ronan. You seen anything odd in here lately? Only there's a unicorn being injured. You know anything about it? Bane walked over to stand next to Ronan. He looked skywards. Mars is bright tonight, he said simply. 
We have heard, said Hagrid, grumpily. Well, if either of you do see anything, let me know, won't you? We'll be off then. Hermione, Harry and Hermione followed him out of the clearing, staring over their shoulders at Ronan and Bane until the trees blocked their view. Never, said Hagrid irritably, try and get a straight answer out of Centaur. Ruddy stargazers, not interested in anything closer in the moon. Are there many of them here? In here, asked Hermione. Oh, a fair few. Keep themselves to themselves, mostly. But they're good enough about turning up if I want a word. They're deep, mind, centaurs. They know things. Just don't let them, let them on much. Do you think that was a centaur we heard earlier, said Harry? Did that sound like hoofs to you? Nah, if you ask me... That was what's been killing the unicorns. Never heard anything like it before. They walked on through the dense, dark trees. Harry kept looking nervously over his shoulder. He had the nasty feeling they were being watched. He was very glad that they had Hagrid and his crossbow with them. They had just passed a bend in the path when Hermione grabbed Hagrid's arm. Hagrid, look! Red sparks! The others are in trouble! You two wait here, Hagrid shouted. Stay on the path, I'll come back for you. They heard him crashing away through the undergrowth and stood looking at each other, very scared until they couldn't hear anything but the rustling of leaves around them. You don't think they've been hurt, do you? whispered Hermione. I don't care if Malfoy has, but if something got level, it's our fault he's here in the first place. The minutes dragged by, their ears seemed sharper than usual. Harry seemed to be picking up every side of the wind, every cracking twig. What was going on? Where were the others? At last, a great crunching noise announced Hagrid's return. Malfoy, Neville and Fang were with them. Hagrid was fumming. Malfoy, it seemed, had sneaked up behind Neville and grabbed him for a joke. Neville had panicked and sent up the sparks. We'll be lucky to catch anything now with the racket you were making. Right, we're changing groups. Neville, you stay with me. And Hermione, Harry, you go with Fang and this idiot. I'm sorry. Hagrid added a whisper to Harry, but he'll have a hard time frightening you and we've got to get this done. So Harry set off into the heart of the forest with Malfoy and Fang. They walked for nearly half an hour, deeper and deeper into the forest, until the path became almost impossible to follow. Because the trees were so thick, Harry thought that the blood seemed to be getting thicker. There were splashes on the roots of a tree, as though the poor creature had been thrashing around in pains close by. Harry could see a clearing ahead, though he tangled branches of an ancient oak. Look! he murmured, holding out his arm to stop Malfoy. Something bright was gleaming on the ground. They inched closer. It was the unicorn, all right. It, has, it was dead. Harry had never seen anything so beautiful and sad. Its long slender legs were stuck out at the odd angles where it had fallen. Its mane was spread purely wide on the dark leaves. Harry had taken one step towards. It went a little slightling sound made him freeze where he stood. 
a bush on the edge of the clearing curved. Then, out of the shadow, a hooded figure came crawling across the ground, like some stalking beast. Harry, Malfoy and Fangs stood transfixed. transfixed. The cloaked figure reached the unicorn. It lowered its head over the wound in the animal's side and began to drink its blood. Ah! Malfoy let out a terrible scream and bolted. So did Fang. The hooded figure raised its head and looked right at Harry. Unicorn blood was dribbling down its front. It got to its feet and became swiftly towards him. He couldn't move for fear. Then a pain pierced his head like he'd never felt before. It was as though his scar was on fire. Half-blinded, he staggered backwards. He heard hoofs behind him, galloping, and something jumped clean over him, charging at the figure. The pain in Harry's head was so bad, he fell to his knees. It took a minute or two to pass. When he looked up, the figure had gone. A centaur was standing over him, not Ronan or Bane. It was one looked younger. He had white blonde hair and a palomino body. Are you all right? said the centaur, pulling Harry to his feet. Yes, thank you. What was that? The centaur didn't answer. He had an astona astonishingly blue eyes, like pale sapphires. He looked carefully at Harry's. His eyes were lingering on the scar which stood out, livid, on Harry's forehead. You are the Potter boy, he said. You had better get back to Hagrid. The forest is not safe at this time, especially you. Can you ride? It will be quicker this way. My name is Firenze, he added, as he lowered himself on his front legs so that Harry could clamber on to his back. There was suddenly a sound of more galloping from the other side of the clearing. Ronan and Bane came bursting through the trees, their flanks heavy and sweaty. Firenze, Bane thundered, what are you doing? You have a human on your back. Have you no shame? Are you a common mule? Do you realize who this, who this is? said Firenze. This is the Potter boy. The quicker he leaves, he leaves, he leaves his <laughs> this forest, the better. What have you been telling him? growled Bane. Remember, Firenze. We have sworn not to set ourselves against the heavens. Have we not read what is to come in the movements of the planets? Ronan pawned the ground nervously. I'm sure Ferenze thought he was acting for the best, he said in his glooming voice. Bane kicked his back legs in anger. For the best? What is, what is that to do with us? Centaurs are concerned with what has been foretold. It's not our business to run around like donkeys after stray humans in our forest. Firenze suddenly reared onto his hind legs in anger, so that Harry had to grab his shoulders to say, Do you not see that unicorn? Firenze bellowed at Bane. Do you not understand why this was killed? Or have the plans not let you in on the secrets? I set myself against what was is lurking in this forest, Bane. Yes. With humans alongside me, if I must, and Firenze whisked around. With Harry clunching on as the best he could, they plunged off into the trees, leaving Ronan and Bane behind them. Harry didn't have a clue what was going on. Why is Bane so angry? he asked. What was the thing you saved him from anyway? From me anyway? Firenze slowed to a walk. 
warned Harry to keep his head bowed in case of hang low-hanging branches, but did not answer Harry's question. They made their way through the trees in silence for so long that Harry thought Firenze didn't want to talk to him anymore. They were passing through a particular dense of pan patch of trees, however, when Firenze suddenly stopped. Harry Potter, do you know what unicorn blood is used for? No, said Harry, started by the odd question. We've only used the horn and tail hair in the potions. That is because it is a monstrous thing to slay a unicorn, said Firenze. Only one who has nothing to lose and everything to gain would commit such a crime. The blood of a unicorn will keep you alive, even if you are an inch from death. But at a terrible price, but at a terrible price, you have slain you have slain something pure and defenseless to save yourself, and you will have but a half-life, a cursed life, from the moment the blood touches your lips. Harry stared at the back of Firenze's head, which was dabbled with silver in the moonlight. But who'd be that desperate? He wondered aloud. If you're going to be cursed forever, death's better, isn't it? It is, Firenze agreed, unless you need to... You need is to stay alive long enough to drink something else, something that will bring you back to full strength and power, something that will mean you can never die. Mr. Potter, do you know what is hidden in the school at this very moment? The Philosopher's Stone, of course, the elixir of life. But I don't understand. Who? Can you think of nobody? who has waited many years to return to power, who has clung to life, awaiting their chains. It was as though an iron fist had clenched suddenly around Harry's heart. Over the rustling of trees he seemed to hear once more what Hagrid had told him on the, right, on the night they had met. Some say he died. Cold swap in my opinion. Don't know, don't know if he had enough human left him to die. Do you mean, Harry croaked, that was wo- Harry, Harry, are you all right? Hermione was running towards them, down the path, Hagrid puffing along behind her. I'm fine, said Harry, hardly knowing what he was saying. The unicorn's dead, Hagrid. It's in the clearing back there. This is where I leave you, Firenze murmured, as Hagrid hurried off to examine the unicorn. You're safe now. Harry slid off his back. Good luck, Mr. Potter, said Firenze. The planets have been read wrongly before now, even by centaurs. I hope this is this one of those times. He returned and sauntered back into the depths of the forest, leaving Harry shivering behind him. Ron had fallen asleep and in, in the dark common room waiting for them to return. He shouted something about Quidditch Falls when Harry roughly shook him awake. In a matter of seconds, though, he was wide-eyed as Harry began to tell him and Hermione what had happened in the forest. Harry couldn't sit down. He paced up and down in front of the fire. He was still shaking. Snape wants the stone for Voldemort, and Voldemort's waiting in the forest. All this time we thought Snape just wanted to get rich. Stop saying the name, said Ron in a terrified whisper, as he thought Voldemort could hear them. Harry wasn't listening. Firenze saved me, but he shouldn't have done. 
Bain was furious. He was talking about interfering with what the planets say is going to happen. They must show that the Voldemort's coming back. Bain thinks Firenze should have let Voldemort kill me. I suppose that's written in the stars as well. Will you stop saying the name? Ron hissed. So all I've got to wait for now is Snape to steal the stone. Harry went on ferishly. Then Voldemort will be able to come and finish me off. But I suppose Bane will be happy. Hermione looked very frightened. But she had a word of comfort. Harry. Everyone, says Dumbledore's. The only one you know who was ever afraid of. With Dumbledore around, you know who won't touch you. Anyway, who says the centaurs are right? It sounds like fortune telling to me. And Professor McGonagall said that's very impressive, impressive, impressive branch of magic. The sky had turned light before they stopped talking. They went to bed exhausted. Their throats sore, but the night surprises weren't over. When Harry pulled back his sheets, he found his invisible cloak folded neatly underneath them. There was a note pinned to it, just in case. So, that's the end of the chapter. I will see you in the next one. Thank you.